Welcome to Integrative Conversations, hosted by the Academy of Integrative Mental Health. The Academy expands knowledge to professionals in the mental health community and beyond using a conscious, experiential, and evidence-based format. Our mission is to deliver comprehensive health and wellness to all by empowering personal and professional growth and confidence. To learn more, visit us at www.academyimh.com. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hello, Juniper Owens here, Director of the Academy of Integrative Mental Health, and I wanted to introduce to you our special topic of the month, which is winter wellness. So for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, the winter season is quickly approaching. Winter looks and feels differently for everyone, and as mental health professionals, we notice that it can be a difficult time for us and or our clients. So I invited the Academy team to join me in a conversation around winter wellness, and it was so much fun. I love chatting with other professionals and getting real about their experiences, as well as how they help support others during this time. We cover all kinds of topics like addressing stress during the holiday season, including family conflicts and boundaries, which is a big one. The shifts folks might experience with their energy and mood during winter and also themes that our clients often struggle with. We uh, briefly address seasonal affective disorder and how to get outside more in cold weather. We also offer plenty of tips and techniques as well as a guided practice at the end of the conversation on how to protect your peace. We will also be publishing our winter wellness bundle, which will include this podcast, our blog, and worksheets and interventions that you can download and use with your clients or use for your own personal winter wellness. Our printable resources are designed to be customized for your clients and focus on an integrative approach, which includes aspects of the mind, body, spirit, and environment. Check out the link in the show notes to access this bundle to use in session with your clients right away because winter is coming. So let's dive into the conversation that the Academy team had around winter wellness. I'm Juniper Owens, LCSW and IMHP and uh, director and co-founder of the Academy of Integrative Mental Health. And so excited to be here today with the team. I love when we have a chance to all get together and talk shop. I'm Laurel Sims-Stewart, an LPCC and an IMHP, and I am also very excited. I actually weirdly love the winter in some ways, so I'm ready to talk survival strategies (laughs) and, and thriving strategies, not just surviving. I'm Natoya, the CU Manager and Consultant here at the Academy, and I am an educator with over 20 years of experience in the classroom, and so I was a former English teacher, a former principal, and now I get the privilege of working with these lovely ladies. Hey, I'm Rosalyn. I handle all of the social media business here at the Academy. Um, and I'm also super excited to be here today, although it is very early for me. And hi, I'm Stephanie. I'm an LPCC and an IMHP. 
Um, I'm also one of the creators of the Academy. And yes, I'm looking forward to it today. It's always fun when we get to get together. Welcome all of us here and all of our listeners to this conversation. And today uh, our topic is we're going to be uh, talking about winter wellness and winter, just winter in general. And so those of us in the Northern Hemisphere right now, and especially in our region in the country, and I know a lot, some of our team members might be experiencing winter differently this year in different locations in the country. But um, for us uh, here where I am at, it's going to get cold and um Every, all the leaves are going to fall off the trees and um, it's going to be dark and a lot less sunshine and cold and cold and also dark. So that's what I'm going to be noticing. But yeah, we um, we just wanted to kind of open up the, the conversation to what do you notice in the winter? And I might get more into like my mental and physical health and what happens then. But I just am curious of you all, what is your experience with, with winter and how do you feel? What changes happen during this season for you and your life? I think for me, I notice um, that I love the fall. That time of year is my favorite. Um, but then there's this sort of growing anticipation as I get to the end of it. I think uh, what I notice is sort of an increasing anxiety level, increasing um, irritation level, unfortunately, <laughs> just in time for me to be around my family for all the holidays. Um, so I and I think that in the past, I tend to blame it on the holidays. But as I've been delving into it, I think it's a combination of things that have been happening that sort of increase that for me as we go through. Mm -hmm. I've noticed for me, I had to come up with the theme for my life over the holidays, because when I married my husband, I, we have his family in Houston, Mississippi, my family on the other side of Mississippi. So we were always tossed back and forth, uh, forth of, you know, when will we go here? When will we go there? When will we, this tradition here, this tradition there. So my theme is protect my peace uh, during the holidays, especially when children started to come and they started to get out during the holidays. And I didn't want them to have an uptight mom who was just so jittery and needed enough medication to start a Walgreens. I just wanted them to be, um, you know, to know that their mom could make a decision, stick with that, and be okay with that. So I protect my peace throughout the winter holidays. So whether it's Thanksgiving with the in-laws and they may not see us again until Christmas or whether it's Thanksgiving with my parents and they may not see us this Christmas, I make the decision and I stick with that. And for me, that has really helped my winter wellness. That's been a huge thing I've been noticing like in my own life this year and like the past couple of years. Cause so I, I've always, since I was little had, you know, like the mom, the mom holidays and then the dad holidays. Cause my parents were divorced since I was little, but now that I'm older and I have like my own partner, it's like, we have to deal with my mom, my dad, his family, and then any other like outlying like grandparents or big family holidays. And it's just like, there's so much stress put and so much pressure put on like attending each and every one of these within like the span of three days. And it just doesn't have to be like that for the holidays 
specifically, but then also just kind of in general, like if people aren't supportive of you not putting pressure on yourself to meet all of these expectations, then I don't know, like rework that in your head. Like, well, maybe, maybe not this year. I agree with that, Roz. I agree with that. There has to be a mutual respect there uh, in protecting your wellness. Because, I mean, the last thing you want to be is somewhere uh, trying to make sense of why don't your parents or whoever they are, uh, why don't they understand that you just, uh, you want to be with them, but maybe you just cannot this time. And so if you had the option, you would be with them both. But, um, you know, that's why really over the holidays and you know, uh, I think as one of my colleagues said earlier, the days are shorter, uh, it's cold, and it has a tendency to, it can get isolating um, personally too, um, if you allow it. So I really try to protect my peace. I already started. I went to buy me a whole bunch of books this past weekend. I said, doggone it, if I have to go buy me a bunch of books to read this year, <laughs> I'm going to be in a good state of mind this year. I asked Natoya what books that she ended up getting uh, to help protect her peace this season. And she said the number one book for her is The Bible. Uh, she said she also purchased The Intelligent Investor and the ABCs of the Stock Market because she's trying to learn more about investing, and also the book Bad Blood, which is kind of a crime book. So those were her picks. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, I always, I kind of try to lean into some of those things like during the winter, like reading or things that would tend to be like more inward focused because that's like a, a really good natural time to do that. And I know like not everybody's personality tends toward that, but mine does. So I don't kind of mind that. Um, but I do find I have to like, I still have to plan it. Right. And I just have to like, think about, okay, I really need to be intentional about taking this season to like do these things. And then it actually, it's, it's like swinging with the pendulum of the year, right? Like if you can roll with what you're getting, sometimes it's a little easier to get through it. Um, and to, you know, to Rob's point, I similarly like grew up with multiple Christmases, multiple Thanksgivings. And now my in-laws live, um, overseas. And so there's actually literally no way we, we could make that all happen. And so I had to come to terms really fast for my own well-being with the fact that I wasn't going to be seeing everybody on every holiday. Um, and that was okay. And if somebody is, has other feelings about that, you know, those, those are emotions that they get to carry in their emotional backpack. And, um, so that's kind of how I get through the holiday time for sure. Uh, but also just sort of recognizing for myself, like in my body, I feel because of the light levels, like tired more easily. 
might have less like a little bit of motivation. And so I try to kind of lean into that as well with allowing myself, giving myself permission to rest. So rest during the holidays and not trying to rush around and see everybody all at once. Also just rest in general throughout the winter. Like it's okay to kind of like be in your home, read books, cook food, you know, do all these things that our culture, the, where I grew up, the culture I grew up in told me a productive use of time um, that I should be busy, busy, busy and going and doing um, when actually what we are, I think what we need to do and what the universe and the earth and our bodies are telling us to do during the winter is, is take that time, protect our peace to Toy's point and, and rest and, and give ourselves permission to do that. So that's what I try to do. I love that. I like that we're covering the holiday stress and just general kind of how uh, overall well-being in in the winter months. And I'm hearing from you all that there the a lot of the stress happens around like just making it to all these places and making other people happy or feeling like that you need to be there all the places. And also like my sense is is that in my own life too if there are conflicts in the family, I know that there's been political conflicts and now with COVID, there's some conflicts about the way that we view these things and how we behave in in these times. And I know that was causing a lot of conflict in my family, so much so where we actually didn't meet up two years ago. Like we just, we kind of just boycotted because um, people couldn't even have like a conversation without um, wanting to harm each other in, in, in severe ways. So not really, but that's how I felt personally in my mind. I'm like, oh my gosh. But like, especially with the COVID situation, some people didn't feel comfortable meeting in person. Some people did. Some, some parents and families were offended when you didn't want to meet with them. So I feel like that also really got the conversation going though around what does it mean to, um, what is it? What do the holidays mean to you and to your family? And I know that uh, we did the Zoom thing, and it actually was way better than normal meeting on my dad's side. Uh, we all talked more and like stayed much longer than we normally would have. So I think that we're just going to always do that from now on. People just had trouble driving to the places back and forth, and it just really was nice that we could have our dogs with us and like our peace and um, have conversation. So. Uh, in that end, I'm really excited about the holiday season this year in that I feel it might be a little different because we've had these opportunities to explore different ways to um, be with our with our family and loved ones. So I'm so excited about that. And I just wanted to share that for me in the winter, as far as like my physical and mental health and well-being, like, um, as you all know, I'm like the outside person. And not just professionally do I do ecotherapy, but like that's part of like my wellness and spirituality is to spend a lot of time outdoors. And so um, over the years, I've really had to learn how to adapt because it makes me really, really sad, for example, that I can't drink my tea outside. I could, but to gear up and to do all the things and to not have my face hurt while I'm drinking it and to write my journal, it just doesn't feel as like lovely as the other months do. So there's some like, very, there's some sadness for me with that. And then I think like I have typically generally had like what a lot of people consider the winter blues. Like I just get kind of lethargic and tired and, and especially like just sad that the animal life is different, the wildlife. And I miss like, um, birds and things like different type of birds that aren't around. So anyway, so from, I've had to learn over the years and I'm going to talk a lot more about some of the ways that I've been able to get outside and stay connected with the rhythms, because there's some really beautiful rhythms that happen. The earth teaches us 
the ecosystems and the planet a lot about like what Laurel mentioned, how to be in the winter and like um, that we don't have to, we are not the same 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Like if you watch around you, like the trees shed their leaves and they basically go to sleep kind of in the winter. And like a lot of the animals hibernate and um, even throughout the day, they don't, we don't have to do the exact same thing. So we don't have to be a hundred percent as productive. So for me, like learning how to just be with winter and like that vibe really helped me. I was just wanting to like constantly be in summer vibe and you can't always be in summer vibe or fall vibe. So those are a little bit of it about my personal experiences. Anyone else relate? Yeah, I think to your point about being in the different vibes and like listening to the rhythms, um, I spent a lot of time in my like in my younger years. <laughs> it's not like I'm that old, but <laughs> you know, like I spent a lot of time. I think um, in some years back, like trying trying to also resist that and be like oh how can I just like not feel this way you know rather than yeah like listening to okay well what is the rhythm that I can again like sort of swing into or or follow along with so that it's not like um it's not such a battle to get back to summer it's more of like riding, riding the wave and allowing myself like permission to do that. Um, I think letting go of some of that resistance is still a work in progress for me sometimes, but it has helped in those moments that I'm able to do it. It's because I enjoy uh, the the cold and I like layering in the different clothing. But what I realized too is I was, although I like layering on the different clothing, I was layering on a lot of unforgiveness and a lot of resentment too on top of that. And it was one night I woke up and I almost couldn't breathe. And I thought, what is this coming from? And it's kind of like I had an epiphany, like this is all the things you are allowing to weigh you down. And so um, so in speaking on winter wellness, just make sure the inward house is well as, as well and not just the outward house, because, you know, we could do so much to fix up and put on makeup and do this and go exercise and do this to look good and all this. But if inwardly you still are wrestling with something and you're putting all this excess pressure on yourself, um, then to me it's it's just um it it'll find its way to you in 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 the worst kind of way. I've had to dig deep and to look back into those principles that I've lived my life by to say, look, Natoya, you are going to do right as a part of your overall wellness, not whether it's winter, spring, summer, fall, you are going to do right. You are going to be kind regardless of, and you are going to put extra, extra time in spiritually, like however spiritually that may look for anyone, you know, no judgment from me, uh, however, uh, spiritually that may look for anyone in our group. Um, but those, that's what I have to do 
for me in order for my winter season to not last another three years. Yeah, I appreciate that, Natoya. And I, I uh, <clears throat> what I'm hearing sort of everybody say is that it's such an individual thing. We all sort of experience it differently. Um, and so we all have to address it differently. And I think all mm-hmm. of us, though, need more awareness around it. I'm also hearing a common thing of, of expectation. I think expectation is high through the winter months for a lot of things. Um, Laurel, you mentioned it like this sort of uh, going inside and cuddling up feels unproductive to a lot of us. And as, you know, sort of a, a former recovering people pleaser, I understand how hard that is to, you know, really sort of allow myself to hear what my inner you know, space needs. And so I think a lot of times at this time of year, you're really torn. I think we probably often do have um, sort of a natural thing that says slow down, but then also all these expectations come this time of year from every direction. But, you know, I was thinking, thinking, thinking step, wonder where are the expectations coming from? Are they societal? Are we putting in, putting them on ourselves? Are they um, work-based, uh, relational-based? I mean, are they all, all of, of the above? I think it's all of the above, honestly. It's a, you know, it's it's kind of all these things, you know, it's that um, should, what we're supposed to do, or we feel like we're supposed to do, to be, you know, whatever, a good human, a good daughter, a good spouse, a good, you know, whatever. I think it's, um, we, we wrap a lot around it, you know, and so then it's, hard to meet. And then, you know, and like I said, we also, sometimes we make assumptions about what other people accept or expect too. Yeah. But you would agree. We give some, some of those things more, more, more of a stronghold for lack of a better word in our lives than others. Oh, absolutely. Would yeah, you agree? Some way on us. Mm. Yeah. Some way on us way harder. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about that in terms of my mom is getting ready to get married. Did I tell you all that already? Um, she's getting married at 70. I did not, Roz. She's getting married at 70. She met a 71-year-old. And you all, this has no. taken on my winter wellness. <laughs> this is t- because she <laughs> expects me to plan the wedding. Uh, she said, all I want to do is show up. What? how do you just show up for your wedding so you know now I'm having to re-protect my peace when I thought I had it mastered so now I gotta do it all over again so but anyway so now I'm having to I'm up every morning like really saying my affirmations like today is going to be a great day <laughs> you are not going to let these this wedding stuff bother you today <laughs> so she is 70 he's 71 they've only been dating for six weeks and they will so by the time december 18th comes they will have been uh dating three months is december 18th the wedding date yes oh my (laughs) i can see what you're talking about with the it's kind of like because you were really coming in this year rolling in hot with the intentions mm-hmm. and you're like okay that adds a little mm-hmm. extra layer but I will say at age of 70 and 70 something time is of the essence so I can see we're kind of like let's go ahead and get this rolling 
<laughs> no, uh-uh. She needs to take some time because she is putting all this on her child. <laughs> you know, it's just two of us. So um, I'm the oldest and I have a brother that's autistic. So then that's just... <laughs> so anyway... I think to Juniper's point, you're right. Time is of the essence, but also maybe that needs to shift. Like maybe they don't need to expect a big wedding that she just get, gets to show up to. <laughs> no, this is a 200 persons. This is a 200 guest wedding. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That is wild. That's, mm-hmm. but you know what? That's so interesting that like the way that you phrase that of of like I thought I had it I thought I had this mastered right and it's not it's not your fault that you like somehow didn't secretly have it mastered and you thought you did that's just like the the like roller coaster journey of life you know that we think we have the formula down and then something else comes along and reminds us that there is no formula you know and so oh my gosh that is Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what? Like, I think like taking all of what you already have learned for yourself as that foundation, like you're using that, right? To like add just Mm -hmm. add this new new layer of protection of your piece in the face of this new challenge. But like, yeah, that's that's definitely an addition to the calendar among all of the other stuff that we usually have to handle. You got this. You can do it. (laughs) I can do it with positive affirmations and extra spiritual time. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. And in that kind of same vein, like talking about all the add-ons, like, so if it's already something that is creating, you know, stress or even physical and mental kind of cha- um, well-being challenges, I guess, with the le- being tired for some of us, I'm curious too, like, and, and Laurel said, like the formula um, and sometimes, you know, helping in mental health professionals and education professionals, we can sometimes, you know, think we might know know what's up a little bit. And like, I might have my wellness regime and I'm just curious, like, um, uh, professionally, what have we noticed with our clients during this time? And I'm sure that it mirrors a lot of our stories, because as you know, we are clients and professionals at the same time, like we are people and we have the same similar experiences. I'm wondering like what you all notice professionally, both with your, um, your ability to hold space and and your work and also with your clients. And I just wanted to start that off. And it's something similar actually to what Natoya noticed is that, um, so some people kind of already know their rhythms this time of year. What what are the triggers? What are the stressful events with family? What are some, for some people? It's really stressful when they don't have family or when they've been cut off from their family through choice or not by choice. Um, you know, talk about people that have moved countries and don't have any family. So there's lots of different dynamics around the family, but there's usually something around the holidays with winter and then make taking it even further. Some of the patterns that I notice are um, just a lot of physical uh, challenges, differences with sleep, with energy, um, sometimes appetite changes. I know I usually gain and it's not just for, you know, the holiday times, but I usually end up eating more. And I think it could be, I just consider it hibernation, but I, I think there's research to that. And we're going to talk about that in some of our other resources, but 
That being said, those are some of the main patterns I know. And I think that what you all talked about before is the expectations can make those even more difficult to live with. Because if we just kind of knew, yeah, you're going to be a little tired and it's going to be kind of stressful and just it's part of like this experience that might feel better than us being like, oh, no, there's something wrong with me. Um, So I've just noticed that. But then the last part is when you add something to that mix, like with Natoya's mom's wedding um, right before the holiday, right before the Christmas season, or if you add to the mix a global pandemic or if you add to the mix political um, issues that were happening many, a couple of years ago and probably still are, I think that can just um, send some people over the edge. I know it has for me. It sent me over the edge, meaning like I was already kind of having to do everything it took to, to try to like maintain wellness and then those events. So I don't know, what have you all seen um, professionally? Because that's kind of what I've noticed the last the last few years during this season. Um, and I've also noticed that seasonal affective, and we can talk about that a little bit. Some people are experiencing their symptoms earlier than they had before. And then they're also experiencing them later. So where some people don't really experience symptoms usually till maybe January, February, at least in our region, um, maybe they're look, they're experiencing even as early as October and even as late as April. That's what I've noticed. What have you all seen? Mm, yeah, definitely. On top of the uh, looming existential crises that we're all, I think, experiencing. I've had a lot of um, clients who, yeah, are are struggling, I guess, to figure out what they need to do when they used to feel like they knew what they could do. Um, and also in that struggle, just feeling like they're coming up empty. Uh, so just a lot of normalization of yeah, it's okay not to know what to do. We probably haven't ever encountered something like this before. Uh, this is a, a new multiple wrenches in the works and that's okay. And on the other side of that, for me as a person holding space for that, you know, I don't know how you all feel, but I'm certainly not done by any means in this work. <laughs> like I know I have lots, lots left, um, but also it can feel difficult to continue to have that same conversation and to not be able to offer as many um, functional answers for how to feel better or how to feel healthier or not be in an existential crisis. Like there's only so much normalization, you know, I can do before I start to feel a little weary. And, and like I said, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm giving up like I'm still standing strong in that chair over there, but it's, it's tough to hold space right now sometimes because of my own, my own fatigue and my own, um, you know, emotions around everything that's happening. So it's a big, it's a big mix right now. Absolutely. And to your point, I mean, I think that sort of not having the answers and having to uh, sit in that space, I think for for me as a clinician, and also I encourage my clients the same to sort of acknowledge that this is different in all the ways. And even if we've struggled with seasonal effective or different things before, it is it is different right now. And so I encourage sort of a curiosity, like, hey, maybe the things that worked before either aren't working the same, or maybe we, you know, so I, I encourage us all to sort of try something new to, to recognize what the pieces are. Like Juniper was saying earlier, you know, about not having as much light or not being able to get out as much. So 
even if they're small ways to like bundle up and go outside and take a couple of deep breaths or stand under the tree or, t- you know, the, the, they're not going to be the same as the thing we get to do in the summer, but they might be enough. And that's kind of what, honestly, what I've been, I think saying a lot in sessions is that we just have to sort of get through. It's just, we have to, we have to recognize we just have to have enough right now and for it to be okay right now, because I don't think most of us are at this level of where, you know, everything is, you know, growing and occur, you know, getting great, you know, and I think that's probably an expectation that we might need to not put on ourselves right now. Well, and I think what's interesting is at least from like the social media that like I'm privy to or whatever. Um, I feel like a lot of like what we are being inundated with is not really so much to do with quarantine anymore, even though we are very much still kind of living like that. Like it's not over. Like we're not back to regular normal life still. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like where I live, we still have mask mandates. Like you can't go anywhere without a mask still. Like if I need to go to my apartment's office to like put in a work order, I have to put my mask on. Like it's all still very much weird. And I think at least from what I've seen, like commercials or TV shows, or I mean, movies aren't going straight to Disney plus anymore. Like movies are coming out in the theaters. Commercials aren't about getting vaccinated. At least that I've seen like all of these all of the media is very much like, oh, hey, we're, we're living. And it's like, that's not what I'm experiencing. So like that disconnect, I feel like puts such a like fracture in between like, what is happening? Like, how, why am I not doing what I'm seeing all of these media outlets doing? Like what, what am I doing wrong when that's not the case? That's such a good point, Roz. And, and what am I not doing? And why am I not comfortable doing those things either? There's a lot of people that are having a slow rollout, you know, to getting back into it. And that makes it, but you're right. I think when we're seeing it in a different way, it makes us feel like something's wrong with us. That's true. That is so true. Mm -hmm. And, and something that I've been working with, with my clients is, um, one of my lines, if you all know, well, you all are not my clients, so you wouldn't know, but one of my famous lines is anxiety loves a plan. I typically was specializing with working with um, folks with uh, in- different anxieties. And so anxiety loves a plan. It really does. It just loves it. It doesn't mean the plan has to go as, as we decided, but if, if we don't have something, anxiety will just fill in the blanks with, as you know, worst worst case scenario situation. So if we have a little something for it, then we can say, oh yeah, we have a plan for that. And so um, around October, I usually start to talk about, okay, let's talk about our plan here. So what is, what normally is your kind of, um, what can we say barriers or stressors during this time? What do you notice the most uncomfortable? What's the most difficult for you? So while it might be what Rosalind talked about, about like having some of that dissonance and thinking there's something wrong with us because we're like, why am I feeling this way when the rest of the world has moved on? you know, for example, from COVID or, you know, um, why, you know, 
why the tiredness, maybe that for you is the most difficult part of this whole thing is like, how do I show up every day for my work, family, children, et cetera, myself. Um, but I'm so, so tired. I just have no energy to like do the things that normally make me feel better. So whatever it is, we identify those and then really just make a plan. And the plan doesn't have to be something that adds extra stress to your life. The plan is more of like, it could be Natoya. It could be positive affirmations, like starting off with the intentions or the understanding of I'm protecting my peace. Or it could be that the plan is, is the one thing that's the most important. So for me, I'm just going to say for me, I'm not going to talk about my clients, that's, but I'm going to say for me, um, the most important thing for me is physical movement and being outside. I just know that that is, you know, like everybody has their regimen to take care of themselves. You brush your teeth, you take your medicine, you do this, you do that. Well, my medicine is, I know physical movement being outside. That's like what I have to do. There's other things that make me like more awesome to be around, but that's the like bare minimum. Um, it's like my medication. So I, my plan basically exists to make sure that those things can happen in a, in a, in a, the most minimal of ways that don't like stress me out. So, um, some of the tips I wanted to share a few ecotherapy tips, but I'm going to do that after, um, anyone else has had a chance to share just a little more experience, but that's kind of what I work with, with clients, or if the, if the biggest stressor this year is a family event, then we just plan for that. We just plan for that. And I found that for most people, and I always check in with them on their plan. So even if they're not feeling it yet, okay, well, I know it's coming. So let's not let be blindsided by this because it's really amazing to be able to um, have some guesses of how you might feel rather than it smacking you up in the face. And then all of a sudden you're like, what the, um, are we allowed to cuss on podcast? Oh, well, I just won't do it. I'm like, is that a thing? Like, you know, on TV and radio, you're not supposed to, but anyway, I'll just keep it. I listen to a lot that I listen to a lot that have, (laughs) I think we just need to decide, like, do we want to have a warning on this one or not? Yeah. I think we should just pre-warn at all times, just in case. So we can be real because this is real talk with the Academy team, but I'll just go with what the, (laughs) um, but anyway, so those are the main things. And then of course we have like some of the traditional, um, uh, tactics, which is uh, looking at your vitamin D level or looking at vitamin D. So we know that like most people in the States are deficient in vitamin D, whether you get sunlight or not. And there's lots of reasons for that. So upping your vitamin D, there's the light therapy and that I know Laurel knows a lot about that. So you might want to share, you were on the news talking about light therapy, <laughs> weren't you? Was that you that did that? Was I? Like was a couple I years ago, I think you had to do the news thing once. Um, but anyways, a lot yeah. of things on the news at my role at the counseling practice. So it is possible that I was on the news and mentioned it. I love that you <laughs> forgot that. Cause I was like, what a great um, news segment, but anyhow, so, so, so there's, there's some typical things, but I think having a really good plan. And I know that we're working on um, providing uh, our um, mental health professionals and beyond with a few tools just to help with that. Um, planning and working with clients and yourself in that season. What about other folks? What do we, um, what is, what is your like famous line that you use (laughs) in sessions or in your life with your friends and family or yourself during this time? Well, I think my clients probably get really annoyed with me saying like swing with the pendulum. Um, And I know I've already said that once in this podcast episode, so there we go. That is perfect evidence for the fact that it's one of my lines. But I do talk about the happy light a lot because I'm obsessed with it. It made such a difference for me. 
Um, and I have it on my desk and I don't have it on right now because it's like incredibly bright, but it does help. Um, so I talk with clients a lot about if you're not using a happy light, that's fine. What I usually tell them is just like, make sure you put your face out the door and let the outside air hit you for like five minutes. Like at least if you're like, that's, I know it's cold, but like open your curtains, stick your face out the window, take a peek at the sky at least once a day. Like we can, we can work with that, you know, if, if nothing else. Um, and I'm trying to think like, I, I definitely think I'm not like an outdoor person in the way that you are, Jennifer, but I also know that being outside helps me significantly. So even if it's just taking a walk or, or walking around the building, like on my lunch hour, even if it's like so, so cold, um, that definitely makes a difference for me because I'm kind of a low energy person. And so my energy levels really dip even further, um, in the winter. So I really have to be mindful of that. And that is my plan. Like I have to plan for getting as much light as possible, getting as much, um, fresh air as possible. And then like avoiding looking at screens. Cause that's what I tend to do a lot of as like a, a coping mechanism. Like I kind of shut down a little bit and numb out to things. So really being intentional about doing other things besides numbing out in front of a screen, um, like reading books or making art, um, just making sure that I have those things very readily available for myself, because if I'm low energy and I have to take any extra energy to go get those things, I won't do it. So making sure they're sitting out, ready to go right in front of my face. Yeah, that's a really good point. I love those tips. I think for me, I'm the same mm-hmm. way. I have to take away all barriers, you know. So if there's, if it's cold out, like I gotta make sure I got my boots and my scarf and my hat and all the things so that I can see them. And it has to be spontaneous for me and to, you know, so that I can do it like when the sun is shining or, you know, have, have to be ready for it, like and conscious about it. And to your point, Juniper, about the plan, the thing I'm noticing with clients is that they're, um, are worried about the holidays and all the, you know, potential conversations and conflict and all the thing that, that all the things that come up. So one of the things that I recommend, sometimes I'll do some role-playing like with, okay, so who, who is it at the holiday thing that, you know, is going to say something that offends you, you know, and then we'll, so we'll, cause everybody knows, right. We know what's coming, but we sort of hope every time it'll be different this time. So I sort of go in with like, all right, so we're going to expect that this is going to happen again because it happens every time. And what can you do that feels powerful to you or empowering to you and that, you know, that can get you through it in a way? Like, how do you want to react? Because the worst part is when something happens and, you know, in our brains, we're trying to figure out how we react. So I will give them lots of sort of suggestions about what you just said about taking a walk outside, just walking outside, doing a couple of deep breaths in the middle of, you know, when uncle Bob is saying something that's rude or whatever the thing is. So I think that having like going through the scenarios and saying, you know, okay, what can you do here? Or even giving them ideas of ways to respond. Sometimes if you go over those um, ahead of time, they're just in the back of your head and it just doesn't feel so like you have to react in a moment. I think it's nice to have a plan in that way about relational stuff too. Exactly. I, I, think that's a very good point. And I wrote down this statement um, 
it can't always be about someone else's happiness. And I know as parents, as friends, as partners, as co-workers, as whatever, as we are always seem to be focused on everyone else's happiness except our own. And I um, used to be kind of like step and wanting to be a people pleaser. I mean, I just had to make sure that, it, and I'm still like that to a certain extent, but I know when to uh, place my boundaries there. I'm going to do what I'm going to say I'm going to do. I'm going to do it with love, um, kindness, and I'm going to give it 120%. Outside of that, I'm not, that's what I have to give. I'm not going to give you a car, a house, two sacks of groceries, clothes, and everything else. I've given you all of that already. So, you know, I look at it for me, it's like I plan, I'm a planner. I like to focus. Uh, Laura, you would love this app called Focus. You can get it free today in the app store as well. It's focus. It helps you to focus and get away from screen time. And I review my vision goal, my vision board and my goals daily. I have it on my uh, restroom on the back of my, you know, my restroom door, you know, where no one can see it, but I can. <laughs> so I review it daily because I have to have a clear roadmap of where I'm going. Even when I started with the academy. I added my um, goals and visions of where I want to go with the academy, where we're going in accreditation and where we're going with CEUs. And so I give to that. I make it an effort to plan and focus. But I give so many days to that. Now I give so many days to something else. But then at the end of the day, I know that Natoya needs some of herself, you know? So, um, Absolutely. and that goes for my husband, my children. And I'm like, they'll be okay. I can't be laid up with you every night. You'll be all right. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I need to take, yes. mm-mm. I need, I need to be uh, alone. I want to go to bed early. Can you put the kids in the bed early some night? You know, you just have to do, I want to read a book. I want to start reading at about seven. So just doing the things that it takes to be happy and have that inward witness within ourselves when we lay down at night, it's kind of like, hmm, I'm actually getting at that place of happiness there. I'm actually, because you can feel it. And if it's disturbed in any kind of way, you can feel that too. Yep. I definitely agree. I think we have to be willing to ask for help from the people that are supporters um, in our lives and um, not be the only one giving all the help, <laughs> you know, to your point. And one thing I that came up for me while you all were talking is another thing that I probably people get, my clients get sick of me saying, which is like, this idea of selective permeability. I may have talked about this before, right? But like the cells in our body are selectively permeable, like the membrane only lets in certain things. And so we can imagine that we have 
like a, a membrane that is selectively permeable around us and we can like decide what we take on and absorb and what we let bounce off of us. Right. And I know it takes work and it takes practice, but I think that's a huge, um, issue that comes up in setting those boundaries and like even practicing the statements that Steph you're talking about practicing with people is like, it's hard to get those out if we're absorbing all of this extra stuff from all the people that are around us and taking all that on. So like practicing that, like, okay, I'm only going to absorb what I need to from these people in this moment or what I absolutely have to. And the rest I'm going to let, I'm just going to give that right back to them. Right. Yes. That's beautiful. (laughs) Protecting peace. There's all sorts of ways to do it visually, physically, you know, emotionally, there's all sorts of ways. We just had to figure out which is ours. Amen. Step. Yep. And, and we've talked a couple times about our um, recommending like going outside a little bit or getting some air in your face. And I just wanted to offer a few tips about how to make that the most comfortable for yourself. Um, I've, I've looked a lot into, um, and I'm not going to mispronounce this word, but there is a Norwegian word for, um, or concepts. And I'm sure it's not just a Norwegian, um, in Norway, but like maybe in other Scandinavian countries and other countries, um, beyond that, that kind of have this like open air living concept. And as you all know, those winters are much different. Um, There is no sunlight and it is very cold and and snowy. And so, but there's this idea and there's some countries like in Finland and those that, that typically rate as some of the happier countries. And I was doing some research on seasonal affective disorder, and there's actually a lot of research and um, people looking at the data differently now. And some are saying that, you know, seasonal affective disorder might not even be real or that there's not always the research to back up the vitamin D and light level. Um, That used to be the ideology, kind of the idea behind seasonal affective because it was created by a guy. Um, I, I don't have his name handy right now, but of course, you know, a guy, a white guy. Okay, for the record, seasonal affective disorder or SAD is commonly referred to as the winter blues. And in 1984, the term was first used by Norman Rosenthal and colleagues in a paper written at the National Institute of Mental Health and is now recognized by the DSM as a type of depression. So it is a diagnosable disorder if those are terms that you use in your practice. So according to the Cleveland Clinic, about 5% of adults in the U.S. actually are diagnosed or experience seasonal affective disorder. So that is the like severe depression in the winter time. And that's a little bit different than just the kind of the winter blues or feeling a little down in the winter, which um, oftentimes people talk about seasonal affective disorder and winter blues as the same thing, like I mentioned earlier. But uh, sometimes it's helpful to um, do some psychoeducation with clients around the difference between seasonal affective disorder and the winter blues. With that being said, there is actually some research that I've been looking at that questions the entire diagnosis of seasonal affective disorder and specifically questions the idea that it's related to the changes uh, in light. So it getting darker, the days getting shorter, in the colder weather. And a really interesting study kind of disproved that idea. And so basically, 
Um, each year, the Center for Disease Control conducts a large cross-sectional study of the U.S. population. And I was reading about this in the Scientific American that a group of researchers realized that they could use these results independently to investigate how much depression changes by the season. So in 2006, uh, they included a set of questions typically used to screen for depression. And basically, they analyzed the answers gathered from 34,000 adults over the course of the year. So the idea was is that they might be able to detect some of the flare-ups of seasonal defective disorder. So the idea was that in wintertime, they would see surges in depression. And the lead investigator, Dr. Stephen Labello, said that they initially did not question the seasonal, the SAD diagnosis. Um, they really just wanted to determine the actual extent into which depression changes with the seasons. Uh, so what was interesting, though, is that the CDC survey revealed no evidence for seasonal affective disorder. The researchers were wary of overlooking sad trends among the huge non-sad population, so they reanalyzed answers from a subset of people who classified as depressed at the time of the survey. Still, no signs of sad. No seasonal or light-dependent increases appeared in the depression measures. So just wanted to offer a little food for thought and some of the current research around seasonal affective disorder, but this is not to diminish the real lived experience for people with seasonal mood changes or physical changes. Um, it is real. People do experience it. I hear it all the time. I notice it myself. But this actually, maybe we are looking at the etiology or the causes for this. It might not be just simply related to a lack of light or the days being shorter. It could it probably has to do with a multitude of factors. Maybe we're not moving as much. Maybe we are more isolated inside and not getting out as much. Maybe um, our culture changes. Maybe it's stories that we've been told around winter time. There, there's so many possibilities. So just wanted to offer these and let's get back to the conversation. And, um, and, and it's because they were looking at winter blues, which is a real thing. But what they found in some other countries is that actually people don't experience the same things, even though they're getting less light and um, some of the things that we have come to associate with that. Um, and part of the concept is, is that they, there's a mindset. We've been talking about this lot, a lot. And the mindset is, is like, I'm going to do the same things I do and enjoy nature or be outside in the same ways. My kids are going to, I'm going to walk my kids to school. I'm going to continue to do that. Um, and the idea is, is that the saying that I've always heard is there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing or gear. And I know a lot of people can disagree with me on that. And even sometimes in my own thing, I'm like, well, when my face hurts, <laughs> when I go outside, like, but so I'm just going to give a few tips on that because I have found a totally different relationship with winter. Once I really learned how to make myself more comfortable, cause I'm just not a fan of being like super freezing cold, like, and losing feeling in my fingers and toes. Right. Like. Um, and, and you do have to be aware of frostbite and things like that. Um, but if you're just getting the five minute walk outside as part of your wellness plan that you and your therapist and or friends and family and community have decided on, um, Natoya mentioned layering up and layers are key. Um, a lot of people feel really comfortable with a wool underlayer because not only is it warm, but it's also breathable. So if you do have like a little bit of sweat, what happens when you wear cotton, when you sweat is that it doesn't evaporate and that it actually can take away your body heat. So if you have a underlayer that, um, can, 
um, absorb that for you, then it, you can keep or remain your core temperature. So I would re- highly recommend like some kind of either synthetic or wool underlayer. And then also something that I've noticed that, that helps me get out more is carrying some hot tea with me in a thermos and being able to sip on that hot beverage or just water or coffee, whatever you drink that really warms it, it. There's a psychological kind of idea about warm drinks for me, at least in the cold outside weather. And then if you are, if there's something that is preventing you from being outside, Laurel mentioned like looking outside of a window and something that my clients have loved is no matter what putting, if they can in the morning, um, just opening their blinds and just trying to either watch the sun or connecting with the moon. And if you can like connect with one of either the sunrise or the sun during the day or the moon in the evening, just every day, just look and see what it's doing. Where is it in the sky? Can you see it? What what, what are the shapes or what position is it in? And having that daily connection with something like as far as the rhythms, it can also provide hope because you might notice the sun's coming up earlier, or you might notice that um, there's changes and it just helps keep us connected with the outdoors, even if we are inside a little more. Those are my top tips. I don't know if that's helpful at all, but like covering the skin, not, not getting air in and a, and a really breathable underlayer makes all the difference. Any other ideas for peeps? I really like the idea of the earth rhythms that you were just talking about. And I hadn't really thought about being able to do them from inside, even when it's cold. But it sort of reminds me of your, you know, when you, in your ecotherapy, you do the sit spot and you tell people to sort of go find a place that they go, you know, regular time intervals, you know, to sort of notice the changes. And I agree. I think that's one of the, one of the tips is that to, always remind ourselves that it's temporary, everything changes and it go, you know, moves and goes. And so we have to both lean into it, as Laurel said, in a way that makes it feel um, almost like a um, something new, you know, where it can be a positive sort of leaning into it to be like, what can I experience right now? But as I mentioned before, sort of the curiosity of it, like, what do I feel? Because I think sometimes we also get into this mindset where we think we're supposed to feel a certain way. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, everybody's down in the winter or everybody's this or everybody's that. And so I think, or if our past experience has been that we've been down, I think it's, it's nice to sort of open up to the idea that maybe it can be different. Yeah. I'm working on enjoying, uh, enjoying exercising. I'm really working on that. I don't like to go outside in the wind pushing up against my face. So (laughs) I'm going to have to buy a toboggan or something just to get out and keep moving, just to be honest about it. Oh, hot tip. Um, the um, people found with the COVID mask that it's covering your face and it's like warmer in the winter. So like, if you want, like, um, you know, those like um, neck wrap things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can like put it, putting it up that really, for some reason, I don't know, you said that the wind in your face, you can, there's also like really um, cool and free YouTube things as far as like getting moving. Um, you can do that from like the comfort of your own home too. And for free, have you ever, are you into yeah. any of those things? Uh, like the, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it feels better to be outside for you. Like walking and stuff feels better. Yeah. I kind of like walking. If I ever decide to walk, I like to play basketball too. Uh, my brother-in-law is a personal trainer. He told me to go up and down the stairs 20 times, but it's no way I'm going up and down the stairs 20 times. I mean, I may be able to do one, but that's it. 
I think that's part of it though, is like to find movement that you actually enjoy. Enjoy. Quality around for so many people because of our culture. I could talk about this for hours. That's a whole different podcast episode, but we are taught that exercise should be painful and a punishment and work and we should feel like we're going to be, we're like dying or it's, or we have like sweated buckets or it's not productive. All of these like cultural narratives around movement and exercise that have really beaten us down. And I think it's about like figuring out what you actually like. Like if you don't like to go up and down the stairs, don't go up and down the stairs. You know, if you like Mm -hmm. to play basketball, play basketball. If you like to walk, walk, like I think finding joy in movement is Mm -hmm. hugely important. Like reclaiming our relationship with movement can make a huge difference, especially in the winter, um, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't have to be a punishment. It doesn't have to be like this extra work task. It can be like a joyful life-giving thing, but so much of what we're taught is that it shouldn't be. So just like figuring out what we actually like to do mm-hmm. is a huge step. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. It could be dancing around the living room. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like Zumba too. I do enjoy Zumba. Ooh, me too. I love a Zumba. Rosalind, what are your, what's your top tip? Um, I was thinking about this. Well, so just a small, funny one. Uh, I make a really big deal about checking the mail. <laughs> So like, because we live in an apartment complex, it, you know, it's just a big like block of mailboxes, like down by the office, you know, so like we actually, we have to leave the apartment, walk down the stairs, go over, you know, so I just make like, oh, let's go check the mail. Like, let's do it. And then like, maybe we like walk really slow there, walk really slow back or whatever. Um, But just more broad, I guess, is just thinking about like, how can like the changes in nature then like how can you use them to help you like the cold wind it's awful it sucks but also like if you go outside and you get like blasted with like a big thing of cold air it's like it's kind of refreshing like if you look at it a different way like I'm just gonna go to like just stick my head out the window and just like whoa and then I don't know just like using the changes to your benefit like you know in the fall like all of the leaves fall down and you know you can go and crunch them and stuff or like the really cold wind or the changes in like the daylight like maybe you are actually able to see the sunrise or the sunset at this point and just using that to help you as opposed to um, something that you don't look forward to Love that. And that's another uh, evidence for the mindset. So it sounds like some of the themes that we might be wrapping up with are, uh, and like anyone else want to add into that, but I'm, I'm really getting this like um, understanding of all the influences that like the social, the cultural, our own you know, personal experience influences, and, and even beyond of like how we are interpreting all of these things and also looking at that and um and how we view it. And there's these small little shifts I'm hearing you all talking about of like, huh, enter, like maybe I could see what it would be like if I was like, I'm stepping out into an invigorating space that will help me have energy for the rest of the day. Like versus, 
oh, my nose might fall off and I'm going to snot everywhere. <laughs> like, and it might, we might get that too, but there's this idea of like, but I'm doing this for me or I'm doing this, like, this doesn't like, this could be a fun adventure. I really like that. Um, that, that, and you all have mentioned that throughout this conversation. I'm also, I'm hearing a lot of mindset. I'm hearing a lot of planning. So like planning for what are the things for you that really need attending to or attending. And then what are the ways that you're going to resource that? And then I also hear um, a focus on a kind of um, an inward focus on your boundaries and energy. I've been hearing that from some of this conversation about like Natoya, I'm, we're just going to coin your term protecting the peace. And like, um, we've heard, I've heard some ways of like, and Laurel talked about like, and this is about all I'm going to absorb. And then the rest, I'm just going to gently give it back to you for your backpack situation. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm hearing a lot of this. And also what Stephanie mentioned, um, planning and role-playing for conversations that might be difficult. So uh, I think these are all really important and usable uh, uh, ideas and concepts. Like I'm going to take some of these with myself, especially even for what I've been talking about. Like for me, it's like, how do I continue doing what I know keeps me sane and healthy and like, um, out, out of bed to be honest. And so like, and I really love this mindset piece because it, it's shifting. And then I, Oh, by the way, we also talked about, um, continuing to connect with the rhythms of, of, of nature and, um, and seeing like how that lands with us. So if we're seeing everything outside of us falling asleep or like taking a break, could that be a cue that it's okay for us to fall asleep or take a break in the ways that is safe, you know, and, and doable in our lives. And if it's not just understanding that probably biologically your body might need it. And if you're in a position where you can't take that, then you're going to feel extra tired and worn out. And like, that's okay. It's not because you personally um, can't handle it or you personally are a piece of shit, which is what my clients typically say. They're like, I, I think I'm just a big piece and pile of human shit. And I'm like, uh, or are you stepping in shit? And it's not your fault. It's the shit's fault for being on the sidewalk. But anyway, my clients really love that one. I'm like, are you the shit or is, are you stepping in? Um, and then what do you do when you step in it? it? You just like wipe it off your feet and curse the entire time and like yell at everyone for having to take a stick and spend an hour wiping poop out of your shoe. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> I digress. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like what I heard. And I would like to follow up with, does anyone else have any, like, what did you all hear from this conversation and what would you like to leave um, us in the audience that's listening today with. So my last piece is, um, yeah, like just really befriending and um, befriending winter and uh, all that it has to offer. So the hibernation, the planting of seeds, the idea that you don't have to be productive hundred percent of the time. And lastly, like Rosalind said, working with it, there's something that happens to me whenever the there's more darkness where I'm like, there's an invitation to do some shadow work or maybe some like deeper work that is like not as sexy or fun during the summer. So like sometimes I go and do shadow work or like some, some deeper, more, a little uncomfortable for me work during the, the winter when I can or have time. So those are, those are some of the last uh, pieces that I would like to leave. Is the pile of shit internalized capitalism? Because I think that's, I think that's what we need to give ourselves permission to separate from this specific winter. Yes. And yes. that's all I'm yes. going to say about that. We'll take it. Permission granted. I like that idea of permission. And I, for me, the takeaway is honestly, 
knowing that it's individual, what's right for somebody else might not be right for you. And, and being curious and also using what you already know, you know, you've been Mm -hmm. around for a while, you already know sort of things that bother you and things that are going to affect you. And you know, what happened last year that bothered you know, so I think addressing those looking at those and being like, okay, how, how can I feel better in this? Right. I agree. I think it's the uh, one of the key words that Steph said was um, permission. You know, we have to give ourselves permission. This permission to do us and be us, have different views, love different people, accept different things. Um, yes. I think that's what I've, um, and you know, accept different seasons. Seasons change. It's winter now, but you'll look up, it'll be spring. And it'll things will be changing in your life again. It'll be a whole new something else that that you'll be embracing or not embracing so much. So I say give yourself permission just to do you and to be you and every now and then just to be blunt without tact. <laughs> I love that. That's another statement. I think, I think that's another line. That's like, I would think I'm probably going to reuse be blunt without tact and it's okay. It's It's real. It's real. All right. Well, um, and if, does this feel like a wrap up? It's all right. Well, um, maybe we can, um, what would be a neat way to, to wrap up? I know that we usually do like a guided practice or some kind of like, um, invitation for everyone listening to take the time and do something for themselves, even if it's just a few minutes. So, Oh, I have an idea. Natoya, do you have any, um, any, maybe like a way, either positive affirmations or ways that someone can like even develop one for themselves, let's say coming up into the holiday season or stressors or protecting peace. Um, sure. Uh, what I wrote down is start with the end in mind. Um, so start with, uh, where you want to go. So one of my affirmations is, is I always attract favorable people. And so, um, I start with the end in mind. I want to be around favorable people. I want to be around people with good conversation because I do like to talk in case you all didn't notice, but, and I like to be around (laughs) great professionals who don't mind um, the different, the hard talks, you know, culture, color, race, um, LBGQ, and that observes diversity, inclusion, and equity. Um, So Uh, That's what I like. So uh, I always attract favorable people. And then I'm always at the right place at the right time, attracting the right opportunities. So um, when you think about that, I think about the academy. I want somebody that um, wants to know about uh, the opportunities that we have available. So whether I'm in Walmart or whatever, I feel like I'll be able to meet someone that's going to be interested in what we have to offer. So I start with the end in mind and I craft about five to 10 affirmations that I use uh, weekly. And I do those for about two or three weeks. And then I go on, I add to that list. 
Oh, I was just wondering. So crafting the affirmation, I'm assuming for an affirmation, it needs to be sort of a short, sort of concise thing that we say to ourselves. Do you mm-hmm. usually do it in the mornings? Mm-hmm. Specific times yes, of day I do. Use them? In, the, in the mornings, this is pretty much what you want to manifest in your life. Right. Right. Okay. So this is like a manifestation affirmation. And for me, the affirmations Mm -hmm. need to feel like slightly doable or believable for my body or otherwise I just get really annoyed. Like sometimes I get these uh, invitations for affirmations and I'm just like, no, that's not working for me. Mm -hmm. Like I am perfect in every single way. No, that does not work for my constitution. That does not work for me either. Either. So like, Mm -mm. so we start with the end in mind. It's a short statement of something we want to manifest. And, um, Mm -hmm. we have like certain rituals around starting it in the morning because that's kind of like getting our mindset for the day. So say my ending goal, Mm -hmm. I'm going to pick winter wellness, my end goal this winter, something I want to manifest. I want to come into my life is, um, energy. I have energy to, um, be around people, clients, family, coworkers, and myself. And I have boundless energy to, um, give them and myself the attention and space that um, feels good. So how would we make that into an affirmation? What about that energy? Are you trying to project positive energy to uh, your, your family and coworkers? And so I I want it to be like loving and compassionate. Okay. So I project positive, loving, compassionate energy to all that I come in contact with, uh, including my coworkers, you know, like that. That's how I would craft mine. I love it. Do you all, were you all doing one in your head as we were talking? So I'm going to repeat mine. I will enter into all spaces, the spaces with love and compassion with myself, my family, my friends, my coworkers and clients and beyond all that I come in contact with, um, for, uh, in the name of like peace. <laughs> yes. <so> dorky. <laughs> that, that is great. That is okay. great. I mean, but that, that's great. That, that gets us started. And do I say it every day for like how long until it starts to happen? Well, you start saying it every day because what's going to happen is you're going to start to see right now. You don't really believe it. But when you start to believe it is when it starts manifesting. Love that. So you said every day, every week. I mean, how bad you want it? You know, that's what I I mean, you know, how bad you want it. So I I do mine every day, especially around this time when I'm pulled in different directions. And, you know, I do what I need to do. I have one that called my, I'm not easily moved from my peace. Oh, I might have to steal that one. Yes, steal it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think for me, end goal would be awareness probably and presence um, because of what you just said, Natoya being pulled in all the different directions. So I think for me, uh, you know, maybe say an affirmation, maybe about that, like I'm capable of staying present, even when being pulled in different directions and capable Mm -hmm. of noticing what I want. That's sort of the biggest thing for me is that when there are other, other people to accommodate, I will often not notice what I'm really feeling or what I really want. Mm -hmm. So I think if I had, if I had an affirmation that said I'm capable 
of, you know, noticing yeah. what I need. That's actually probably what mine should be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent aware of my feelings, regardless of who or what is going on around me. Okay. So that's kind of the way I would do that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll use it. Mine was similar to Stephanie. Like I was thinking about maybe it's sort of the awareness piece, but more of like not um, like not checking out or like not numbing out. So I was thinking something like I will meet every situation every day with myself um, or yeah, it's sort of like along that being present line, but just like, like meeting meeting every moment with my like every part of me I would be authentic and present in the moment uh, with myself and with others I would definitely um, Mm. use that one because I think as women we lose our authentication Mm -hmm. a lot so um, yeah I mean just being authentic with yourself and your clients and really being mm-hmm. present while you're there, but not allowing what they have going on to fe- affect your authentication. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. definitely, yeah. Um, I did. Uh, I did mine a little different. Um, awesome. It was. It was more of a visual thing. If anyone else is more of a visual learner. Uh, so I was kind of picturing just like really like just like really planted grounded feet. Um, but it's real. It's not like dangerously windy, but you know, like there's a breeze and you like you're just like rolling with it. Um, and then just um, just kind of like repeating the words that you want to embody the upcoming time, like presence, adaptability, acceptance, openness. Um, kind of like trust in yourself, just whatever words or themes that you want to live by. Just, mm. I don't know, just picture yourself yeah. planted, but breathe. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it, Roz. Just doing yours in words and manifesting those words in your life. I mean, I love it. Yeah. And that's an embodied practice too, like with your visualizing and the feeling like that's really bringing it into the sensory um, experience, which we know that um, is really is is helpful. And sometimes we can be like logical, like Natoya said, you don't believe that yet. Well, because my body doesn't believe it yet. Right. So I really love that kind of somatic um, way of uh, bringing it into the, the other parts, you know, not just the brain. Thank you so much. Well, I'm so excited that we got to be together today and share all of our experiences. And every time I meet with you all, I just feel so like nourished and I have lots of um, awesome lines to take one liners to take away with me, but also I just uh, really appreciate it. And I hope that others um, experience the same and uh, thank you all so much. So maybe we can take ourselves off mute and say goodbye. All right, bye. Except Roz, because Roz got to stay on me for a second, please. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm going to stop recording. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye. Okay, friends, thank you so much for listening and joining us in this conversation today. And I so dearly hope that you found something helpful, useful, interesting, funny, uh, anything that resonated with you that you can take home 
or you can take to work with the populations that you serve. And if you do appreciate or like what we do, if you're interested in integrative mental health or integrative health, then please like, subscribe, follow, download, all those great things that you can do to support um, content that you really appreciate. It means a lot to us and we just really want to get spread the word and be helpful to the community in any way we can. So if you can do that, we would appreciate it. Check out our website uh, and again, give us any feedback that you might have. We just love to hear from you. We love to uh, create more resources that are helpful and content that's helpful to you. But I have rambled quite enough. I hope that you are taking care, setting those boundaries, protecting your peace, getting outside if that's important to you or any of the other things that you need to do for your winter wellness. Until next time.